It's good, Divine Pill family. So super excited to get into another reading of The Science of Getting Rich by Dr. Wallace Waddles. Um, we will be going into what will be the ninth chapter, How to Use the Will. And um, as I'm recording this, let me just go ahead and turn this down just a little bit. I do have the um, singing Tibetan bowls at 963 hertz, which is the frequency of the gods. Also, as I'm going back to my recording tab here, um, I just wanted to share with you, I do record these on Thursdays, and I intentionally do that to leverage the... Um, planetary placement of Jupiter on Thursday, which has to do with expansion, business, wealth. He's also a playful God. I, I read, um, I was listening to an audio book last week, and it was titled, uh, Making the Gods Work for You. And that was a fun experience listening to how um, Jupiter plays a role and influences our life. A jolly fellow, right? But um, wanting to expand us in areas of of, of wealth and um, all those good things that, you know, the spiritual journey is about. So let's get into it. And of course, I need to make this a little bit bigger. <laughs> all right, let's go. To set about getting rich in a scientific way, you do not try to apply your willpower to anything outside of yourself. You have no right to do so anyway. It is wrong to apply your will to other men and women in order to get them to do what you wish done. <clears throat> so I love this. It's been a while since we've um, been reading from this. And I also wanted to go ahead and interject here and say, I'm going to commit to doing this every Thursday until we're done. Um, but I just love that. I think that sometimes we overlook that, especially in the spiritual community. It says it is wrong to apply your will to other men and women in order to get them to do what you wish done. It is a flagrant, flagrantly, ooh, it is as flagrantly wrong to coerce people by mental power as it is to coerce them by physical power. If compelling people by physical force to do things for you reduces them to slavery, compelling them by mental means accomplishes exactly the same thing. <clears throat> the only difference is in methods. If taking things from people by physical force is robbery, then taking things by mental force is robbery also. There is no difference in principle. You have no right to use your willpower upon another person, even for their own good. For you, <clears throat> for you do not know what is for his good. The science of getting rich does not require you to apply power or force to any other person in any way whatsoever. I love that. There is not the slightest necessity for doing so. Indeed, any attempt to use your will upon others will only tend to defeat your purpose. You do not... <clears throat> 
I apologize. I just finished eating something. So you do not need to apply your will to things in order to compel them to come to you. That would simply be trying to coerce God and would be foolish and useless as well as irrelevant. You do not have to compel God to give you good things. Oof. You do not have to compel God to give you good things any more than you have to use your willpower to make the sunrise. Mm. You do not have to use your willpower to conquer an unfriendly deity or to make stubborn and rebellious forces do your bidding. Y'all, this is hitting me different. Um, it's been a while since I've heard it and I've come to share it with you, but ooh, this is hitting me like, whoa. <laughs> so I'm marinating on this with you, right alongside with you. All right, let's go. You do not have to use your willpower, okay, to, to conquer any unfriendly deity. Um, I already read that part. Substance is friendly to you and is more anxious to give you what you want then you are to get it. <clears throat> that was beautiful. To get rich, you need only to use your willpower upon yourself. Mm. When you know what to think and do, then you must use your will to compel yourself to think and do the right things. That is the legitimate use of the will in getting what you want, to use it in holding yourself to the right course. Use your will to keep yourself thinking and acting in a certain way. Do not try to project your will or your thoughts or your mind out into space to, and he puts in quotes, act on things or people. Mmm, just a game changer. Keep your mind at home. It can accomplish more there than elsewhere. Use your mind to form a mental image of what you want and to hold that vision with faith and purpose and use your will to keep your mind working in the right way. The more steady and continuous your faith and purpose, the more rapidly you will get rich because you will make only positive impressions and he put the word positive in all caps okay so i hope you captured that <laughs> because you you will make only positive impressions upon substance and you will not neutralize ooh you will not neutralize or offset them by negative impressions the picture of your desires held with faith and purpose is taken up by the formless and permeates it to great distances throughout the universe for all I know. As this impression spreads, all things are set moving towards its realization. Every living thing, every inanimate thing, and the things yet uncreated are stirred toward bringing into being that which you want. Oh, he's so beautiful. <laughs> all forces begin to be exerted in that direction. All things begin to move toward you. The minds of people everywhere are influenced towards doing the things necessary to the fulfilling of your desires and they work for you unconsciously. But you can check all this by starting a negative impression in the formless substance. 
doubt or unbelief is a certain to start a movement away from you as faith and purpose are to start one toward you. It is by not understanding this that most people who try to make use of quote-unquote mental science in getting rich make their failure. Every hour and moment you spend in giving heed to doubts and fears, every hour you spend oof, in worry, every hour in which your soul is possessed by unbelief sets a current away from you in the whole domain of intelligent substance. All the promises are unto them that believe and unto them only. Notice how insistent Jesus was upon this point of belief, and now you know the reason why. And for those of you who are kind of um, with me on the journey, um, you'll remember that we talked about um, I encourage you to listen to a um, audio reading of the 50 Universal Primary Laws. And one of the laws that I, I brought out in a separate podcast was the um, dominating belief, the universal law of the dominating belief. And so it's it's in a moment like this where it just enriches and infuses this message. But it's the idea that whatever... You, you can believe that you're going to be rich, but if your belief that you're not going to be rich supersedes that or is stronger or you spend more time in that energy. So if you have your affirmations 15 minutes a day, an hour a day during your meditation, and then as soon as you're done with your affirmations and your spiritual practice, and then you just get up and the, the rest of the 23 hours and going into your sleep, you're just doubting all of that you're undoing the work, right? So if you get a chance to re-listen to that part, like that's, this is just compounding that knowledge. It says, since I'm going back into the reading. So it says, since belief is all important, it behooves you. I love that word. (laughs) It behooves you to guard your thoughts. And as your beliefs will be shaped to a very great extent by the things you observe and think about, it is important that you should command your attention. I love that. That is such a powerful statement. You command your attention. Ooh, you guys, when I tell you this is hitting me, ooh, I had to take a screenshot. I'm going to come back to that. And here the will comes into use, for it is by your will that you determine upon what things your attention shall be fixed. And I'm going to go ahead and say it here too, you know, um, yesterday, and um, this is more for the people on the, the journey with me, but I had even mentioned that I started to take into account, you know, when I'm programming my water and um, getting ready to drink it, and some of the things I was playing in the background on my social media on my um, on my laptop was not congruent with that energy, right? And so I had to command my will to decide, okay, what am I going to listen to? Not just now, but throughout the rest of the day. If I can't leave my glass of water 
and let all the words that are playing off of my laptop program that and drink it. If I wouldn't want to drink it at the end of the day, then it doesn't need to be, I don't need to be playing it. And now you're also talking about commanding your thoughts. You know, this is talking about, you know, um, are you allowing yourself, a lot of us who are on this spiritual journey are empaths, okay? And part of this journey is learning to be in control of those feelings. And I love it because it's telling you about the soul purpose. Your soul purpose is for you to get rich, right? <laughs> Your soul purpose is for you to get rich. So we're not going to be getting pulled into all of the different energies of who's angry with who, who and which community is angry with which and which gender said this about that other gender. Your sole purpose, your sole primary thought is about richness and abundance and luxury and opulence and beautiful things, whatsoever is lovely and and true and beautiful, right? Let me continue reading here. Um, I'm going to read that paragraph again and, and then just kind of go on it. And we're, oh, let's see. So it says, since belief is all important, it behooves you to guard your thoughts. And as your beliefs will be shaped to a very great extent by the things you observe. Okay. What's going on in your social media and around you and think about, pay attention to your thoughts, be more intentional about the things that you allow into your mind. Remember he said before, every moment, every hour that you're in that, that, that negative energy, you're undoing all of the beautiful things that you want. It is important that you should command your attention. As a spiritual person, you are in command. Okay. And here the will comes into use, for it is by your will that you determine upon what things your attention should be fixed. If you want to become rich, you must not make a study of poverty. And I've had to learn this, and I am relearning this, and I need to be more consistent about this. If you want to become rich, you must not make a study of poverty. Listen. I I remember kind of feeling a fight and resistance against this um, the first time I read it, you know, that I listened to it on an audiobook. I had listened to the audiobook twice, and here it is. You still feel that it's like, but what about, you know, talking about what's going on in the Black community? What about talking on what talking about what's going on with women and the glass ceiling and, you know the gender wars, and what about all of the injustices of the world? Listen, all I can tell you is my commitment to myself is I'm going to just focus on becoming rich. And if I need to revisit that from a position of of power and money to where I can change those things around me, then I will do that. But I, I want to challenge you to also join me on that you know, and this is part of the journey on the separate other parts of my podcast where we get into what does that feel like? Why do we feel guilt about that? Why, you know, we will unravel what that means for the rest of 2022 and through the future of our spiritual journey. But I want you to take this away with you. If you want to become rich, you must not make a study of poverty. Okay, there are several things that I try to highlight in each podcast, um, and this is one of them for this one. 
um, when we did the gratitude reading, I told you, you know, if you're not going to practice the attitude of gratitude, don't skip ahead to the action part because you're just going to shoot yourself in the foot. Um, this one is something that I just want you to have in part of your artillery or part of your spiritual makeup moving forward. Let's focus on that. Okay. If you want to become rich, you must not make a study of poverty, anything low vibrational, anything that is not in alliance with your luxury, your opulence, your, um, your eating, your garden, your ecosystem of joy and fruitfulness and prosperity. Okay. Of your happiness and your joy of your health and your wealth. Okay. If you want to become rich, you must not make a study of poverty. Things are not brought into being by thinking about their opposites. Ooh, y'all, I'm telling you, this is just hitting me so good. Health is never to be attained by studying disease and thinking about disease. Righteousness is not to be promoted by studying sin and thinking about sin. And no one will ever get rich by studying poverty and thinking about poverty. Medicine as a science of disease has increased disease. That's a lot. Religion as a science of sin has promoted sin. Listen, you heard it from Dr. Waddles. Y'all already know how I feel about religion. Religion as a science of sin has promoted sin, and economics as a study of poverty will fill the world with wretchedness and want. Oh, y'all, here we go. This is a mantra. I want to hold myself to this. Oh, I remember when he read this, when when I heard this the first time. I'm going to read it for you. Um, Let's take this and let's run with it, right? If you've been listening to each of these, um, we're now in the ninth chapter. So it's been at least nine weeks that you've been with me on this journey. So let me go ahead and read it. And I'm going to try to commit to that with my podcast moving forward and the other one that I'm launching today. But it says, do not talk about poverty. Do not investigate it or concern yourself with it. Do not investigate it or concern yourself with it. I'm going to try to remember to leave the comments open because I know that's going to that's going to trigger some of us, right? Do not investigate it or concern yourself with it. Never mind what it what its causes are. You have nothing to do with them. What concerns you is the cure. <sighs> Investigate the cure, y'all. Concern yourself with the cure. What concerns you is the cure. This one, this other one's going to hit you all different. And this is why I've been saying some of the things I've said in the past. And I'm learning to fine tune you know, and help you to understand the cure of the next statement. But here we go. It says, do not spend your time in charitable work or charity movements. All charity only tends to perpetrate the wretchedness it aims to eradicate. 
Ooh, I'm gonna have to put a trigger alert on this one. Cause it's it, and so this is the thing I've told you guys I've been reading from different books and even when you read the book I believe it's Andrew Carnegie I don't want to click off of this and lose my spot but he's one other one of my favorite authors and when I read he talks about how to do the the right type of charity so he focuses on the charity um aspect of it um and then also when you read from the the wells of abundance. If you listen to the audiobook, I believe in the first 15 minutes, he talks about how a lot of us go into the way that the world has told us charity works. And when um, you read that book, I promise you, even if you listen to the audiobook within the first 15 minutes, you're going to hear it's, it's about an hour, an hour, maybe an hour and a half long. You're going to learn that we have been doing charity the wrong way, especially if you're coming from a religion based um, ideology of quote unquote charity. Okay, so I'm going to read this again. Do not spend your time in charitable work or charity movements. Okay. All charity only tends to perpetrate the wretchedness it aims to eradicate. And I'm going to co-sign on what he says next. He says, I do not say that you should be hard-hearted or unkind and refuse to hear the cry of the need, but you must not try to eradicate poverty in any of the conventional ways. This is a whole um, statement right here, too, because don't lose the forest for the trees. He's talking about in any of the conventional ways, the ways that we have done charity in the age of Pisces, as we're moving into age of Aquarius, it needs to be unconventional. It needs to be outside of the box. And in another book that I read, it was talking about the charity is about, um, oh, the, the word is goodwill. I think the word that the the higher frequency of charity is goodwill and goodwill is about the advancement and progression of that person or that institution or that thing, the advancement and progression. And we will explore what goodwill means, but um, he says here, try not to eradicate poverty in the conventional ways. We think that giving money to the person on the street or just giving, you know, people who are not advancing themselves or progressing themselves or um, progressing the community is going to help. And that's the conventional way. Okay. So I really hope that I'm driving that point home. He says, put poverty behind you and put all that pertains to it behind you and quote unquote, make good. Okay. He says, get rich. This is the best way you can help the poor. Get rich. This is the best way you can help the poor. And you cannot hold the mental image which is to make you rich if you fill your mind with pictures of poverty. Oh, y'all, I'm going to commit to this the month of March. Oh, my goodness. It's hitting me all over again. Ooh, but I want you to join me with this, okay? Do not read books or papers which give circumstantial accounts of the wretchedness of the tenement dwellers. Ooh, 
of the horrors of child labor and so on. Do not read anything which fills your mind with gloomy images of want and suffering. Can you guys do this with me for the rest of March at the time that I'm recording this? Can we commit to that? Not just for the month of March, it's we still have 21 days to form the habit, but let's make it a lifestyle habit, okay? And I promise you that we will focus on the cure and the goodwill aspect of it and on the unconventional ways that we can progress and advance our communities and those around us. But first, you know, he said, get rich. This is the best way you can help the poor. But in the meantime, in between time, we don't read or engage or open things which fill our minds with gloomy images of want and suffering. Struggle love, struggle money, struggle poverty, struggle religion, struggle uh, spirituality. Ooh. You cannot help the poor in the least by knowing about these things, and the widespread knowledge of them does not tend at all to do away with poverty. Do you agree? <laughs> it doesn't help anything. What tends to do away with poverty is not getting the pictures of poverty into your mind, but getting pictures of wealth in, ooh, into the minds of the poor. Listen, at this point, I'm like power pumping my hands up in the air. Go ahead, Dr. Waddles. What does this mean also for our pictures of love? You know, we've been talking a lot about like on the other stuff, struggle love, struggle spirituality, but struggle finances, right? Poverty mindset. This, this is, he's he, right here, he's, he's also focusing on the cure. This is a message of hope here. What tends to do away with poverty is not getting, not the getting of pictures of the poverty into your mind, but getting pictures of wealth into the minds of the poor. That's a whole word right there. You are not deserting the poor in their misery when you refuse to allow your mind to be filled with pictures of that misery. Poverty can be done away with, not by increasing the number of well-to-do people who think about poverty, but by increasing the number of poor people whose purpose, who purpose with faith to get rich. That is so beautiful. And I'm reminded again why I had to share this book with you. It says the poor do not need charity. They need inspiration. Ooh, the poor do not need charity. They need inspiration. Charity only sends them a loaf of bread to keep them alive in their wretchedness or gives them an entertainment to make them forget for an hour or two. But inspiration? Inspiration will cause them to rise out of their misery. If you want to help the poor, Demonstrate to them that you can become rich. Prove it by getting rich yourself. The only way in which poverty will ever be banished from this world is by getting a large and constantly increasing number of people to practice the teachings of this book.
People must be taught to become rich by creation, not by competition. And that was a powerful chapter also. Okay? Every man who becomes rich by competition throws down behind him the ladder by which he rises and keeps others down. But every man who gets rich by creation opens a way for thousands to follow him and inspires them to do so. Oh, that is beautiful. You are not showing hardness of heart or an unfeeling disposition when you refuse to pity poverty, see poverty, read about poverty, or think or talk about it, or to listen to those who do talk about it. Use your willpower, and that's going to require willpower, you guys. I'm in the trenches with you, but I'm committed to it, and I hope you are too. And we will revisit this. Use your willpower to keep your mind, and he put in all caps, OFF. Use your willpower to keep your mind off the subject of poverty and keep it fixed with faith and purpose on, right? And he put it in all caps, O-N, on. Let's focus on the cure. This is going to flip us a lot of us on top of our heads and pull us out of the way that we have been programmed to be for, for so long. It says, and keep it fixed with faith and purpose on the vision of what you want. It has been my absolute pleasure to share this reading with you. I hope that you can take this with you and um, let's get rich.